guys, it's Jess. Welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast, where we talk style, beauty, pop culture, wellness, and whatever the hell else I feel like talking about that week. I know it's been a minute. I had a really rough go of it, kind of getting motivated to create and to be productive during this quarantine period. And to anybody out there who's also having a hard time getting motivated, it's really okay. I think just making it through the day healthy and alive is enough. Do not beat yourself up about it. Uh, This intro is going to be really quick because this episode ended up being a little bit long because I got to finally interview one of my favorite sources for um, beauty stories that I write, checking out on Stylecaster, um, Dr. Natasha Sandy, who is a holistic dermatologist who specializes in um, cosmetic dermatology, hair, skin, and nails. Um, nutrition. She's amazing and knowledgeable about everything. So I spoke with her about just some general tips and best practices for skincare, because I know all of us want to come out of this like a dewy, glowy, flawless woodland nymph or some shit. And, or at least I know that's one of my goals is to just emerge from this, the baddest possible bitch. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. I typically start things off with a fashion tip and my only fashion tip for you guys as of right now is at least once a week I highly recommend putting on some semblance of real clothes just to give yourself a sense of normalcy Um, even if it means just putting on lipstick and earrings just do something to kind of put yourself together I promise it will boost your mood your mood I know it did for me. I was like, oh, I forgot I could look this way. So (laughs) give yourself at least one or two days just to do something that you would otherwise do to leave the house. It might make you feel a little bit better. And like I said, give you a sense of normalcy. I'm going to shut up. I really let Dr. Natasha kind of take the reins on this episode because she knows so much more about um, skincare and wellness and all of those things. So that's why you won't hear a whole lot from me on this episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it and that it is beneficial and take notes. And I will be sure to put links to some of those products in the episode description. So um, stay home if you can, be well, take care of yourselves. And that's it. Stay tuned. Bye. I am super excited for today's guest. You guys have kind of been requesting um, a little bit more info about skincare. So I reached out to my go-to contact for my beauty stories, uh, Dr. Natasha Sandy. Hi, Dr. Sandy. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) If you could tell my beloved listeners a little bit about your holistic approach to all things hair, skin, nails, and nutrition? Okay, so um, I guess always to share the story. I think I've told you this before. I have like one foot in a Birkenstock, one foot in a Louboutin. Uh, Some people know what a Birkenstock is, some people don't, which I realized (laughs) recently. But, you know, I use um, traditional, non-traditional, well, traditional forms of treatment. um, But I combine traditional medicine with what non-traditional medicine or what you'd say traditional holistic approaches with allopathic um, medicine, as most of us know it. I think the reason why I take that approach is because I was trained in both family medicine and dermatology. And so the way I look at things is um, for the whole patient. So I sort of like consider how 
um, food affects the skin, how diet affects the skin, how the mind affects the skin, how, you know, lifestyle affects the skin. And um, I think I've shared this with you before. What has brought me here, um, and I probably was brought here before, I was brought here in my um, life experience and my viewpoint before I actually was trained to be officially in this space. Do you know what I mean? Um, Right. As a child, I had really bad eczema, really, really bad eczema. Actually, it started out probably with really bad allergies, um, seasonal allergies. And what I realize now is a lot of food sensitivities and allergies. And then that sort of like developed or over time I developed really bad eczema um, and then ultimately really bad acne. Um, And I remember as a child... Uh, going to the doctor, I was really young, but and saying to my mum, when I, when I drink certain drinks, you know, like orange sodas, and like, I, I, in, it itches inside, like deep inside, but I couldn't explain what that meant. And then I'd notice if I ate certain things, my eczema would itch or it'd get really bad. But you know, when you're a kid, you can't necessarily verbalize those things. And then I remember going to the doctor, my mum saying, yeah, you know, we think when she eats certain things, she's, um, no, no, it's not related to that. And then I noticed I was a really good student and I noticed and I really was intense about school very early. Um, And I noticed like around exam times, my eczema would would flare. My mum would say, every time you have tests, even little tests, your eczema flares. Um, And again, oh, this doesn't mean anything. But ultimately it turns out that that, um, eczema, as a lot of diseases, associated with diet, with um, allergies and with dairy and things like that. And also we find that a lot of skin issues are related to, or you see an association and flares with stress, okay? Whether it's uh, um, implied or whether it's, you know, stress, if it's, you know, whether you consider it something stressful or not, there's an association. And so as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't just lie there, you know, in every area of your life, um, in every skin, in any disease, whether it's skin or otherwise, there's association with all those things, diet, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset. But for me, what dermatology allows is allows an access to people to see when they make the difference in their lifestyle, whether it's diet, nutrition, um, or mental, they can see the changes manifested externally sometimes before they see it in all the other areas of their life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I have a friend um, who is a therapist, and that's kind of one of the things that she talked about, where we're a little bit more inclined to look at things that we can physically see as a means of treatment, but then obviously we can't see our mental health right. the way that we're you know, used to seeing like people that cut our sleep out of heel. But it's important um, that you give people what, what you're saying, like in a perk that they can see a little bit more readily. Right. I think, well, I think, you know, I think ultimately, even with the mental health thing, I think, I think there's also ways that you can, um, you, you create tangible ways for people to see a difference, right? So mm-hmm. even in terms of in therapy, I think, you know, well, you know, there's different types of therapy. Again, look, I think that the advantage of the way that I ultimately ended up being trained because I ended up do, doing family medicine and I was trained in DERM. And I think the program, 
in the because family is such a broad spectrum, right? It's, it encompasses everything. It encompasses GYN, it encompasses psychiatry. You know, you can treat any of those things. I was trained in something called cognitive behavioral therapy as well, and I think which is a which is a form of um, um, therapy. Um, I think that because it's but well, cognitive behavioral therapy is one where there's a tangible thing at the end, so you can see you're working on this particular goal for twelve weeks, and you can see that you're going to look for changes. So I also think, as with anything, I think markers um, and indicators of change or improvement will always make people, uh, the human beings, follow something. I think that's why the Fitbit is very helpful. People love Fitbit. But I think also using technology to create indicators for people to see where the improvements are um, occurring is something that's very helpful for um, people as a whole. I can agree. Um, so just to, to jump right into kind of like some of our topics today, right now we're in the throes of a pandemic, an unprecedented pandemic, and people are just kind of learning a new normal and trying to make the best of it, I think. So what I'm seeing a lot on my social media and even my friends, you know, who I'm keeping in contact with, um, is that we're all kind of using this as an opportunity to prioritize skincare. So what are some of the like best practices that you would recommend when it comes to quarantine skincare? Like, is it going to be the same as what we would do any other day or should we make like adjustments? What do you recommend? Well, I think you should start with a baseline of doing something that you do any other day. And then you have the advantage of because you're inside, you can take care of certain things. So one of the things I think people need to prioritize is washing their face. I think people have the misconception that if I don't go out, I don't need to wash my face. I think it's, it's been it's I think I find it hard enough to get patients to wash their face twice a day under normal days. Right. <clears throat> but I think definitely. When you, even though you're at home and um, you're quarantined, you do, you should still wash your face, right? Cleanse your face. I think um, <clears throat> the misconception you, know, you have to think about just because you're inside, it doesn't mean there's not um, uh, dust and dirt in the environment, right? But also we're talking about oil buildup as well. And you want to look at cleansing as a way to help exfoliate the skin. Now, even though the skin self-exfoliates, right, as we get older, the way that we, the, the rate of turnover is decreased. So you do want to help to get rid of the dead, the dead skin, the debris, the oil, and those things that um, uh, uh, occur on a regular basis. So don't think, okay, well, I'm at home. I didn't go outside, so I'm not going to wash my face. You know, uh-huh. I would think the same way. Uh, I think I'm inside. I'm still going to brush my teeth in the morning and I'm going to brush my teeth when I go to bed, you know, still because, uh, you know, you still have to do the same for both. Um, um, so cleansing as the, these are the priority things in, in, uh, taking care of your skin. You want to cleanse. Okay. You always want to exfoliate. Um, you want to hydrate, you do want to protect the skin against um, uh, sun damage, which people may, from the UVB rays and the UVA rays, people may think that's not something to consider um, when they're inside, but we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. And then the other thing that you also want to still put part of your regimen, you want to protect the skin against um, uh, the antioxidants because you're still exposed, you're 
you're still exposing your skin to um, uh, pollutants and things like that. Um, you want to do anything that's going to increase the turnover of the skin again, um, because the skin, the turnover of the skin slows down. And you always we want to do things to stimulate the collagen and elastin. And then you want to absolutely hydrate the skin, probably maybe even more so than other times. And you do want to try and get some UV um, exposure, even though you want to protect the skin, you do want to get UV exposure because you, you want to make sure that you're activating your vitamin D. Vitamin D is needed in the body definitely to activate and um, optimize use of, of calcium, but um, vitamin D has a multitude of uh, protective uh, benefits for the body. Um, questions? Okay. I could expand so, a little bit more on each of those if you want me to. So when we talk about hydrating versus moisturizing, is there a difference and do you need to do both and how do you do both? So really hydrating is, is moisturizing, right? The whole point of moisturizing is to hydrate the skin. And the thing to really understand about hydrating the skin is that water is really the true thing that hydrates. Water really is the thing that adds moisture to the body, okay? So you want to, so often, even at this particular time, even for your entire body, I tell patients to, when they shower, um, to not completely dry their skin, and to allow so that there's still water on the body. And then if they want to apply a lotion or an oil or um, a cream, you can apply that to the skin to um, seal the moisture, that's the water that's already there. Right. Right. Um, often people think, I put, oh, I use coconut oil or I use different oils on the skin. Remember, oil and water doesn't, doesn't mix, right? If you put a pan um, and you're cooking on the stove and you have oil in there and you throw water in there, you can see the bubbles, right, where the oil and the water is separating. So you always think, have to think about that in terms of oil isn't, oil won't necessarily add any moisture. Oil will seal any moisture that's already there. And if your skin isn't adequately um, or isn't, um, oil will not hydrate the skin, okay? Um, so if, if your skin is already poorly hydrated, putting oil without adding something that's going to add to hydrate, right, is not helpful. So that's why I say... Put that's oil. what I want people to hear. I think because, you know, coconut oil has just been like such a, a buzz ingredient lately that people feel like, oh, if I just coconut oil myself down, then I'm good. But it can't replace the hydration. Right. So no, oil does not hydrate, oil seals. Water, right? Okay. Seals hydration. So you want to put, you want to, you want to use things that initially, you want to use things that one is going to add water, help to add water. So hyaluronic acid, which you guys hear about all the time, hyaluronic acid helps to absorb water, bring, bring, bring hydration into the skin, right? And so using a hyaluronic acid is or any product that has hyaluronic acid because people think about hyaluronic acid as a serum. Serum is a great is a great delivery tool, just like a lotion is a vehicle that um, hyaluronic acid is in. But any product that has has hyaluronic acid helps to um, draw moisture to the skin. The oil on top of that will help to seal the moisture. Things like ceramides, ceramides and and hyaluronic acid is naturally occurring this, in the skin. Ceramide also helps to hydrate the skin and it helps to there's a there's a dermal epidermal barrier um, in the skin which allows uh, nutrients and oil moisture water to go back to go 
in and out of the skin, right? So when that barrier is um, sealed, is secure or is so, is um, intact, then you can um, hydration is optimized. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so when products have ceramides, like Cerave is a product that has ceramides in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those those things are beneficial to um, hydrating the skin. Just as something, something to, as I'm thinking about the coconut oil, you know, culturally we know cocoa butter is something that most of us know. So cocoa, coconut oil was some, is something that people love. Um, all every culture is using coconut oil now. You know, in the Indian, you know, my family's Caribbean, so we've got East Indian in our in our our heritage and African and um, East Indians, Africans. Filipinos, Koreans, you know, and now the whole world is using coconut oil. The thing to know about the thing to know about coconut oil is that it is comedogenic. So, what does comedogenic mean? It means it clogs the pores. It can make cause acne. So, oils are rated in terms of their level of co, um, comedogenic ability and so some things have uh, can pause can clog pores more than others right and coconut oil is one of them that is a pretty high up there in terms of causing clogged pores and acne so in terms of using coconut oil those that are prone to acne or having clogged pores which you know the, they see the white they'll say the white head and blackheads um, or even people that are very oily probably need to avoid putting coconut oil on their face. And even if your body tends to, um, your skin tends to get clogged, I would minimize the use of it. You can use it more like a treatment maybe on your hair, on the ends of your hair. You can maybe use it as an oil treatment for your skin, but on a daily basis, it does come, it does clog the pores. So just just something to consider for your specific skin type. Right. I think that we kind of get into the habit, you know, where skincare is almost synonymous with self-care, that we just want to try a bunch of different things, but people don't understand that you have to kind of go with what works for you, like what's unique to your skin type and your unique concerns. So it's not like a one size fits all kind of product and everybody should be doing this kind of thing. Yeah. I wish people had more of an understanding of that. So thank you for that info. My next question is, we talk a lot about exfoliation, but there is physical and chemical exfoliation, right? Yeah. I think, um, yeah. um, Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, there is. Yeah. Just tell me a little bit more about like, which is, I guess, like preferable for like, which skin type? Because I know for me, I have combination oily skin. Like my T-zone is ridiculous in terms of oiliness. Mm-hmm. And I've been told that I should only do um, like chemical exfoliants, like things that have like glycolic acid and things like that. Only? Um, no, I think I think chemical and physical exfoliation, you should do both. Okay. And I really think everyone should do both, right? It's just um, picking the right kind of exfoliation for you, right? Um, in terms of physical versus chemical. So let's talk about physical. So physical ex, uh, exfoliation can be simple, as simple as is basically you're taking something external and you're physically helping to exfoliate the skin, right? Now, um, let me just start back a tra- backtrack a little bit. Our skin exfoliates, right? So our skin exfoliates on its own. As we get older, which is why our skin isn't as nice as the baby, right? Uh, the rate at which we exfoliate decreases, okay? 
And so um, we need to help our skin along that, along a way to exfoliate, right? And then also, of course, we're out in environmental environmentally we're out and exposed to that much more. So we also need to help our skin get rid of the debris that we have built up from just walking around and from just living in all the different things in the environment that we're in. Physical exfoliation, again, is when you use something, is when you can use something physically on the skin externally to help stimulate um, um, skin turnover. All right. Now, a physical exfoliant could be something as simple as a washcloth. Okay. Right. Um, right. And I actually, though many people are told to not use washcloths, there's really basically a couple of reasons why people are told not to use washcloths. Often because, you know, people may use the same washcloth that they use for other parts of their body. They may use a washcloth multiple times of the day. Um, they use, they may not rinse and, and um, remove the product that they use to wash their faces with the washcloth um, properly. So that's why often they're told not to. But quite honestly, my... I, I actually tell my patients to use a washcloth. However, this is the specifics that I tell them. I tell them to use a cheap white washcloth. Okay. What is that? And Walgreens have a bunch of them for like 18, uh, 18 of them for like $2. And I tell people to buy 30 of them. Cheap ones because they are thin. And if you've used a cheap washcloth, you know that the cheap washcloths, you pour soap in them, you put water in it, and it doesn't hold the water. So you don't have to worry about it holding a bunch of water and a bunch of the soap in it and it being nasty and sticky and gooky. Do you understand what I mean? Right. The other thing is the cheap ones are um, a little bit rough, but they're not so rough that they'll scratch, scrape the skin. So as you wash your face with that cloth and even your body, you're getting exfoliation. Do you understand? Gotcha. Okay. okay. And if it's white, you get to see how much muck is on your face. So it's white, <laughs> the dirt is on there. You get to see how much muck is on your face. But here's what you're not going to do. If this white washcloth is filthy, you're not going to take that washcloth and use it again on your face and your body. So the, the, things that will, the things and the reasons why we tell people not to use washcloths are alleviated by telling them to use a white one, a thin one, and a cheap one. Because with that white, they're not going to put that dirty thing on their face. And I've proven it not only with with um, us women, right, and adults, males, but teenage, teenagers and teenage boys, right? Because um, teenage boys, you know, this may not be PC, but teenage boys tend to, oh, I don't care, you know, they'll grab something. But they, they're like, oh, I'm not putting that dirty thing on their face. So with teenage boys and girls... It's even better. It's even great when you have a white washcloth because they're like, oh, I'm not using that. So even so, if they use it in the morning and their face is really filthy or in the evening from playing sports or their makeup, they don't take that same dirty washcloth and use it again to wash their face in the morning. They'll pick up another one. So I tell patients, use one or two of those washcloths a day, right? They're cheap, $2 for 18 of them. You can buy 30 of them. You run through them and you do you use 14 in a week or two in, or seven in a week. That's it. You just throw it in the, in the washer and dryer and you use it again. But if you've got 30 of them, if you're lazy, you don't want to wash your wash. You don't wash for a whole month. You've got a month worth of washcloths. Gotcha. I like them. So, right. So that's one form of physical. That's one form of physical exfoliant. Also, people use, you know, those brushes. Mm-hmm. You can use the Clarisonic brushes, those handheld brushes, the ones that you, you know, the variations of the of the Clarisonic brush. Um, again, even when I tell patients to use those brushes, I tell them to use a washcloth first 
They get to remove all the muck of the face. Then they can use those brushes. My preference is the Clarisonic because it oscillates back and forth. When I say um, oscillation, um, what's the best way to describe oscillation? You know those um, things in the uh, when you go to the amusement park and it moves you from side to side? Yes. Okay, so oscillation is moving from side to side. As opposed, um, the Clarisonic brush oscillates, they have a couple different brushes. One that oscillates side to side, one that goes in a circular motion. The ones that oscillating side to side, it helps to push the muck out of the skin. And it also helps to stimulate the, um, the blood vessels and the blood supply in the area, right? And then the other one that circulates, the one that goes in a round environment also is stimulating as well. Um, that's my preference. The other brushes just go in a circular motion and they're just twisting the skin around and around. It's not doing much to um, get rid of the, the debris in the, um, in the uh, pores and not doing much to stimulate the blood supply. However, um, the, it does, the brushes do actually f- provide a form of abrasiveness to help exfoliate. Okay. Okay. But again, um, the limitations with some of these brushes, I would say, is that one, people just use them over and over again. They're not thinking about um, the buildup of product inside the brushes, right? They're not put, considering about the buildup of bacteria in the brushes. So um, that's one of my limiting factors. If you're very conscientious, um, yes, but... It, um, Again, my preference would be the Clarisonic. I don't have any shears or anything, but also because the uh, brushes are bacteriostatic, meaning that they minimize the bacteria that's on those brushes. Okay. You understand what I mean? But then, but again, you're getting a physical exfoliation using brushes. And then you have some of these products like um, uh, Fiora and stuff like that, those um, silicone uh, products that have um, um, pendulums on them so that when it, again, it causes exfoliation on the skin, right? Mm-hmm. Then you also have products and uh, skincare products that have um, little beads inside. Um, sometimes they will use um, these little beads. They use, um, um, black, well, like I said, there's some that have glycolic acid, but they have little bees in them. Like you have the popular one most people know is the apricot scrub. The we should eyes, apricot, apricot scrub. Huh? And we've been told that that apricot scrub is so trash and like nobody should use it because it's too rough. Yeah, it is. Are the, okay. okay. Yeah. I think a lot, but in terms of people knowing the kind of scrubs, there are those out there. I think that is too abrasive. It's too rough. Most people, a lot of people get irritated. It scrapes the skin. So you have to be cautious with, 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 um, I don't really like that particular product personally. I think it's too harsh. It's too abrasive, but when you find products, a lot of the, there are products out there that are exfoliating scrubs. I actually have one of my own. It's called Polished Skin So Bright, and you can use that as a physical exfoliation too. The caveat and the important thing to do when you're using those um, physical um, um, uh, exfoliating scrubs is make keep your face slightly wet because that way the um, it glides and it's not too abrasive and you don't scratch your face. Because often people can scratch their face um, when they use exfoliating scrubs without a little bit of moisture or water on their skin. Okay, gotcha. 
So those would be, those things are your physical um, exfoliation. exfoliation. Another form of physical exfoliation is microdermabrasion when you can go to the doctor and, um, and get those, get that done. That is, you're having a physical exfoliation. And um, also when you do dermal planing, it's a, um, again, I really caution who does those. Um, but you can do an physical um, exfoliation with dermal planing. But again, a good exfoliant, a good exfoliating uh, uh, scrub can give you the benefits that you can get from uh, dermal planing along with a good regimen. Okay. And, then, and then you come to the physical, uh, then you come to the chemical exfoliation. So things that chemi- chemically exfoliate, most people know beta hydroxy acid, alpha hydroxy acid, that's glycolic acid, your salicylic acid, your lactic acid, your citric acid. Those products are chemo- uh, chemical exfoliants. And if you use products that have that on a daily basis, you're really chemically exfoliating your skin on a daily basis. If you add to that um, chemical peels, then you're getting um, chemical exfoliation throughout. The benefit from using these chemical exfoliants is not only are you getting what you would get with the physical exfoliation, right, which is removing of the debris, but you're also getting benefits of changing the pH of your skin. What that means is our skin is or environments are either acid, basic or alkaline or neutral. And the skin likes a more acidic um, environment, right, with a lower pH. And most of your chemical um, exfoliants will change the skin, the glycolic acid, salicylic acid, um, lactic acid, citric acid, they will change your skin to more an acidic environment. That is more favorable for, one, the turnover of the skin, the collagen elastin likes a more acidic environment. Why does collagen elastin matter? It makes your skin look smooth. It clogs the pores. It helps get rid of fine wrinkles. We do have wrinkles. Black cracks just cracks differently. Okay. Um, it creates an environment that the bacteria, which causes acne, which is propionin bacterium acne, it creates an environment where that does not thrive. It also creates a place where you're going to dissolve and break down the debris. So the chemical exfoliant gives you two benefits. So in my recommendation is that everyone should have a physical and a chemical exfoliant in their daily routine for their skincare, and they should get chemical exfoliation as their routine regimen, maybe on a bi-monthly, quarterly basis, once their skin is in um, a baseline good shape. Okay, so... If I'm just like at home and I have like my glycolic acid, which I do, mm-hmm. am I supposed to use that on a daily basis? Yes. If your skin, yes. Most, yes. Yep. Okay. You use, yeah. Okay. You can use the glycolic acid. Just the word acid makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's like, okay, maybe I should use that sparingly, but just like understanding that it's a different kind of acid that it's, you know, to balance and it's well, not to burn. Well, we, you have to remember the body acid is not necessarily your enemy, right? It's the type of acid. Remember, again, our body likes, <clears throat> you know, with the, with, the, with the move where people say that alkaline and acids are bad and stuff like that, I think it's, again, it's a limited understanding of what the body and how the body works. You, you want acidic environment in your stomach, right? Now, yeah. too much acid is the wrong thing, but you cannot. Di- we need this acidity to digest the enzymes in our body that digest food. That also helps us to utilize the nutrients. Need like an acidic environment. They just don't work. 
Now, if it's too much acid, that's another problem. Our skin likes acidic environment. So it's favorable to have an acid, acidic environment on our skin. Right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for people. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite conversations to have with you <laughs> is about like some of your biggest pet peeves when it comes to treating black skin and hair. Um, and then also just some of the like diet fads. Like I think you have a very hilarious <laughs> um, viewpoint on keto. So could you talk to me about some of like the biggest misconceptions when it comes to our skin that you really need for people to know the truth about um well black doesn't crack yes it does that's the biggest that's the biggest misconception we crack we just crack different and who are we measuring our cracking against right 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 i mean yeah if you compare it to like other populations it looks like it doesn't crack but it is cracking right and so we do need to treat our skin um well Okay. Um, what we may, the way, what happens with us is, is that we ha- we don't, we may not get the fine wrinkles, but we do get a lot of, um, but it does come eventually. We do get the fine wrinkles. They just come later. And if you start paying attention, it often shows up in us, um, around our eyes first. So a lot of times we look very, we start to look more tired around the eyes, you know, Mm-hmm. initially and then it shows up around our mouth um what we tend to do is we tend to get more of the droopiness um in our face so sometimes we get like the jowls on the lower part of our face and around the mouth and around the eyes we tend to look a little bit more a little bit more tired um the other misconception is and i can talk a little bit about like what we can do about that but the other misconception is that we um don't need sunscreen which is um, absolutely wrong. You have UVB rays, you have UVA rays. B is the burning rays. A is the aging rays. And we think that because we have melanin, we have like the ultimate protection against like any sun damage. <clears throat> Completely false. I think there's a couple of reasons why, um, why we need to consider that. Well, one, the sun and the environment is very different. We have the ozone layer, the rays are not we're not protected against the rays as we used to be as a as a human race, and so I don't think that the melanin has adjusted to the ozone layer. So definitely, we're still going to get the photo damage. We're going to get effects of the aging um, as well for our skin. Um, also, even though melanin does protect us, give us a little bit more protection. Often, I get patients coming in talking about you know, their uneven pigment, their dark marks and things like that. And I I say to patients, we are being exposed to the UV rays just as anybody else. And the UVB rays causes burning, right? Right. The UVA rays causes aging, but they also will make those dark marks darker because what happens is we have an inflammatory process occurring when we're exposed to these rays. And what what melanin does is, the melanocytes, which carry the melanin, right, are in our skin, the inflammatory cells. So as we're exposed to these things that are stimulating the need for protection, it, and as we're exposed to the rays that um, cause uh, injury to the skin, the melanocytes come to this air, come to the surface and are activated, I would say, right, and come to the surface and get activated. And that is what triggers those dark marks and ultimately the uneven pigment that most of us are complaining about. So we definitely need to um, use sunscreen. I think that's the biggest misconception. 
Also, I think a lot of times we say that our skin is sensitive. Um, and I think that comes from the misunderstanding that um, often it's not that our skin is sensitive. Often we're using the wrong products or we're using too much of the product. I tell people that all the time. Like um, the first article that you helped me write where we talked about like the different aging, the different anti-aging products and stuff. And I know a few of my friends were like, oh, I feel like that, you know, kind of. And I'm like, how much are, are you using of it at a time? Because a little bit goes a long way with these products, especially like depending on the concentrations and stuff. Right. I don't think that people really, you don't need like a glob right. of anything. Right. Your face is not that big. Right. And the frequency, which actually I forgot to mention when I was talking about um, chemical exfoliants. Uh, one is Retin-A, right? Or, is it, or retinoids, retinoids. So retinol, um, Retin-A is a, is, a, is a prescription one. There's one called Altrina, but retinoids. Those are exfoliants too because they essentially increase the turnover of the skin, right? Um, and that is a common one that we, uh, we say that we're sensitive to, we don't use. And we think that we don't need any anti-aging things, right? That's another misconception. We think that we don't need any anti-aging products. So glycolic acid is great for anti-aging because it stimulates collagen lasting. It treats antioxidants. What are antioxidants? So why are you saying antioxidants? Well, anything that oxidizes the skin um, causes aging. So the, you have oxidation based being exposed to environmental things, um, the sun, Ox- oxidation often leads to injury. And so you're using antioxidants to, to um, abate right, or to reverse some of this injury. So glycolic, those alpha and beta hydroxy acids are great okay, as um, anti-aging, but also retinoids, right? Retinoids, which would be your retinol, your retin-A, um, Altrino is a prescription one. Um, all those things are um, retinoids and they have anti-aging benefits again because they actually help to increase the turnover of the skin, um, stimulate collagen and elastin, um, and in our case, which is one of the big concerns that we also have issue, issues with, it helps with uh, the uneven pigment and the dark marks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, not, and I could get more scientific with that, but, you know, bottom line, that's what, that's what happens. And so we can benefit from using that, right? It's, and it does really help, not even just the fine wrinkles, but it helps with um, tightening of the skin as well, balancing the pH of the skin, by creating a favorable environment for us, for, our, for the enzymes and, and the skin. Um, the alpha hydroxy acid combined with retinoids helps to create what we call the optimum microbiome, which is an environment and a good balance of good and bad bacteria, good and bad fungus on the skin. And all of these things will help with the um, aging process and not just aging, good health of the skin. So I think often what happens is, especially with um, the um, alpha hydroxy acids and even the retinoids, people use too much. Um, and they put it on the same way grandma puts lotion, used to tell us to put lotion on our body. And, right. then, they, and then they're like, oh my God, it may, it may, I, have, I'm, I have sensitive skin. Well, two things. The burning and tingling that you get from your glycolic um, and salicylic and citric acid and lactic acid is a normal thing. Burning and tingling is normal. Often it may mean that this, you may find that that it's, you're using it and it doesn't burn and tingle. You've gone out in the sun. Maybe your period's about to come. Maybe you've just shaved and you get burning and tingling. And that's because it's 
it's doing its work. There's some activity going on. So burning and tingling is not your enemy. If it it burns and tingles for 10 minutes after, then you've got to ask yourself, was I too aggressive with my my exfoliation? Did I add something else on it? Okay. Right. All right. That's the first thing to see whether I did something wrong. And then if there's a pat, and then is it leaving my face red? Am I getting a rash? Am I getting irritated? Okay. And then is happening every day? If it's 10 minutes every day, then either you're doing something wrong, you check that out. And if you're not, then you really, your skin doesn't like it. Right. So just before you jump to saying like, oh my God, I'm so sensitive, like consider what you may be doing. Right. But also consider how much you're doing, but also consider that burning and tingling is normal. A little tingling is fine. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And then often if they're like, oh, my skin got really dry, I'm flaking and irritated. Well, maybe you started to use the product every day. Maybe start off slowly because the dryness or what you think dryness is maybe not really, it's just the skin turning over, right? It's sloughing off that skin that's been built, built up for you not using it for a while or not using any form of exfoliation. Your skin's adjusting. So it may flake for a little bit, okay? But at the most, if you use a product and you start out slowly, maybe twice a week for two weeks and then three times a week for another, after the first week, by the second week, you should notice less flaking. Now, what are indications of true irritation or true adverse reactions? If you're getting fine bumps, right? If it's very itchy. Now, I say very itchy because sometimes when you get this tingling sensation, it may feel itchy. And that's because the same um, nerve endings that cause the itching sensation causes the burning sensation. So sometimes you may use a product and you're like, oh, it itches. But that all normalizes. But if you're getting persistent, consistent itching and fine bumps like a heat rash, then yes, you're allergic to something. But most people, about 1% of the population really have sensitive skin. Most times it's just um, misuse or overuse. Okay. Gotcha. Good to know. I'm so glad you clarified that because there are so many people who just act like they are sensitive to everything. And I'm like, girl, you are not a delicate flower out here. And no, no, I think people like say, Oh my God, my skin is so sensitive. Girl, please. Look, when I, <laughs> you know what? I just want to let you know, Dr. Sandy, my skin sensitive. Well, what do you mean by that? My face gets irritated when I used retin-A. Okay. Really? How, what happened? Well, you know, I put it on, my face was peeling and I got burnt. I said, so when you used it, how much did you put on? And they'll show me, it's like the size of a quarter. On your face? Yeah. Okay. And when did you put it on? Every day. What? You don't start every day. Are you crazy? Okay. And then I'm like, okay, and how did you put it on? And they'll show me. Bam, bam. You know, you can, you can hear the motion. And they put it on my face. I'm like, this is not cocoa butter, honey. You do not put that on your face like you put lotion on your feet. That's not how we do it. Right. I think that we just have this idea that everything, that anything that's going to cause like significant change, that we have to do it with this like certain roughness. Yeah. But yeah. something to be said about being gentle with yourself in all areas of your life. But especially when it comes to the your freaking face, like right. you do not have to beat your face into submission. Right. right. So <laughs> it's true. So what, this is how I tell people to put it on. You know how if you're, I'm assuming people are delicate when they put their makeup on. You know how people gently, when the, with the blender, they dab the stuff on their face? Right. Put, put your lotion on like that. Put any, or any product that you put on your face, you want to gently dab it on your face. You want to 
you know, when the people put the foundation on and they're doing their makeup, they'll put a dot on their forehead, a dot on their nose. Right. A dot, right, put your products, your skincare products on like that. Dot it first on each area, on each quadrant of the face, and then spread it within each quadrant. Don't try to put it on your nose or, and then from your nose spread it on the whole face. There's two things. One, it's not going to be evenly spread, right? And two, the one place where you put it a, a, a concentrated is going to be irritated because you just put it, on that one spot and you put it on the same spot every time. Right. So put it on a different quadrant and then connect the dots evenly across the entire face. With a gentle hand. Like you do not need to be beating your own Yeah, hair. put it on the same way you would put on um, a makeup if you're using a, a beauty blender. I mean, that, that helps for girls, but for guys, um, I think, what do guys put on their face? I mean, guys tend to be rough as well. So the best way I tell guys is to just do it like you're painting. Ah. Do it like you're painting something. Because people put on their kids, their babies, you see them roughing up their baby. They put emotion on. So I can't even say, oh, look at how you put on your baby. Because maybe you're roughing up this poor baby skin. (laughs) This is not your grandma's lotion, right? This is not your grandma putting cocoa butter on your face. Just spread it on gently, you know, evenly. Put it on like you're painting. Okay. Because and sometimes then, even if you overlap, you can also irritate you can irritate your skin when you're overlapping products um as well. So um just to say like in a like kind of in a nutshell, I'd say for the for for the uh for your skincare regimen you should use a cleanser. People say toner. When people say toner, really the whole premise, it's an old term, but the whole premise of toner is to balance the P they say tone the skin, but really you're trying to balance the pH of the skin, right? Balance mm-hmm. alkaline acid, right? Make, and you actually want to make it more acidic. What does that? Alpha hydroxy acid products, beta hydroxy acid products, right? Those are your glycolic, your salicylic acid, your citric acid, your lactic acid. Salicylic acid is especially good if you have clogged pores and if you're acne prone. Uh, um, glycolic acid is good for all skin types. Lactic acid tends to be good for all skin types. Citric acid, there are some people that are allergic that have citric acid allergies. And so um, those of you that are allergic to like, uh, that have issues with like uh, orange um, fruits um, lemons and stuff like that, maybe avoid the citric acid. I really have found that glycolic acid is tends to be the universally. I haven't really found anyone that's allergic to glycolic acid. Okay, um, so that's a good starter. Right, yeah. Lac- okay. um, salicylic acid, some people are, maybe like 1% or 2%. But again, you'll find out if you get fine um, bumps, right? Um, so glycolic acid is a great baseline. Now, the reason why people may have issues with products is maybe the vehicle within which they're in, right? So um, some people may say, okay, I've used glycolic acid product, but it irritated me. It's often it's not the glycolic acid, it's the vehicle that's in. And I say to patients, it's like this. I make mac and cheese, grandma makes mac and cheese. They're both mac and cheese. But the vehicle or the way that I make it, they both have cheese in there. They both have the macaroni, right? But it's the the fine little ingredients that make it different might make my mac and cheese better than your grandma's. <laughs> no, maybe not. But, but, yeah, but right. your grandma's if yours any day <laughs> but maybe not but you know do you know what i mean so when we look at when we look at products you also want to look at the vehicle that they're in and sometimes off sometimes um some think the vehicles are harsher than others there may be more oil there may be more alcohol in it and things like that so um, i think too we need to start looking at the actual ingredients on these bottles yes. like 
Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And you develop uh, an idea over time, you know, you probably develop an idea of what you're sensitive to, right, as well in terms of the ingredients. So you want to start off with a cleanser. I often tell people a basic cleanser is um, is fine, right? Um, and then you want to use an exfoliate, an exfoliator, an exfoliating, physical exfoliating scrub. Um, then you want to use a People say toner. I think you should use a beta or alpha hydroxy acid product. Okay, you would want to start off with a glycolic acid. Some of them comes in come in forms of a um, serum. Now, just to qualify, serum is the vehicle. Serum is not the product. People say to me, Doctor Sandy, I use a serum. Okay, what kind of serum? What's in the serum? Serum is not the product. Serum is not the ingredient. Serum is a vehicle, just like an ointment is a vehicle, just like a lotion is a vehicle, right? Just like a cream, which is slightly thicker, is a vehicle. A serum is a vehicle through which uh, an ingredient is delivered, okay? So glycolic acid can come in the form of a serum. L'Oreal has a um, glycolic acid serum on the market. I was one of the group of of doctors that um, uh, we reviewed the product, uh, with L'Oreal, we determined whether we think it's a good product, whether the vehicle is, 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 whether the claims that they have given are accurate, and it is a good product. So when it says, you know, uh, approved, the stamp of approval, I was a group of, I'm on that panel of doctors, so that, that is good. I get no shares in, in that, it just is an effective product. I myself gotcha. have a glycolic acid product, which I have it in the form of these pads. So for some people, the serum is better um, because it's uh, more soothing for them. They like the feeling of the serum. They may be more of a drier patient. So the serum, they like uh, the serum may be more beneficial. This The, the L'Oreal serum has hyaluronic acid, which adds moisture. I have one that is in the form of a pad. This pad has vitamin A, vitamin C, um, it also has this, it's a smooth, it's called smooth and glow. That one also has vitamin, vitamin C. It has a little bit of witch hazel for those people that have oil, oily skin. It's helpful. But even if you have a combination skin, that can be helpful. Um, I think who else has a glycolic serum? I think, um, um, what's it called? Dermalogica has a product that has, um, alpha, alpha and beta hydroxy acid in it as well. So I'm giving you some store brands, some specific brands, some in-between brands in terms of price points, right? Gotcha. Um, then you want to, depending on what um, skin issue you have, right? If you have acne, you may want to use an additional acne treatment. <clears throat> if not, there's, there's, then you can just go ahead and um, if you have rosacea, use a treatment, you use a treatment for rosacea, things like that. Then you want to um, hydrate, right? And you can hydrate by either using some hyaluronic acid serum. Now, the serum is the vehicle. Hyaluronic acid is the product, right? Right. You want to use a product that has hyaluronic acid in it. Or you can use a cream or a lotion that has hyaluronic acid in it, a hydrating moisturizer. Okay. Okay. And then you can use the sunscreen, right? Because you want to protect your skin against the damage from UVA and UVB rays. Now... There are sunscreens that are moisturizing and hydrating that have hyaluronic acid in it, okay? Or that has ceramides in it, okay? So a CeraVe have one that has ceramides in it. They have a, 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 a sunscreen. 
I think that's the one I use. Elta, which I love the best, has one as well. Um, what I always want to say is you want to have sunscreen that has the, a broad spectrum that protects you against the UVB rays and the UVA rays. Um, zinc oxide and titanium are the ingredients that in sunscreens that do that. Zinc oxide being the best. However, zinc oxide often makes us look blue. Skin of color look blue. Yeah. It's often pasty. And um, what I would say is that uh, Elta does a good job of micronizing the zinc so that it doesn't make us look blue. And it has hyaluronic acid in it as well. Okay. The Honest Company, they do have a sunscreen that doesn't make us look blue. I don't know that they necessarily have um, hyaluronic acid in there. Also, um, Neutrogena, they have a um, hydrogel boost that also has hyaluronic acid in it. I've been using that too. Yeah. So that has hyaluronic acid in it as well. So that has a, is a hydro. And then, um, so that is another one. And then La Roche-Posay now has a uh, hyaluronic acid um, and a vitamin B serum as well. Okay. So that's a, quite a few products I've given you guys. Right. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. So then that's what you would do and that's what I would recommend that you use. And then in the evening, I think it would be good to have a chemical exfoliant, um, an additional chemical exfoliant, So you w- which would be you can, again, use the glycolic acid as well. The glycolic acid, salicylic acid, um, citric or lactic acid products. Again, my foot go to a glycolic and cell. And then you'd want to use a retinoid product, which would be either a retinol um, over-the-counter or prescription retinoids, which would be something called like Altrino, your retin-A, your tretinoin. Um, Again, what's the difference between those is the vehicle, right? So you can have... Retin-A, for example, is has micro um, spheres, which actually help to absorb oil for people that have oily, acne-prone skin. Um, there's the generic, the tretinoin, you know, variable. I find them to be variable in terms of um, irritation because they're manufactured by, the generics are manufactured by a number of people. And so depending on the vehicle, they may or may not be irritating. It's cheaper and it's an option to try and see your preference and see how your skin responds. But again, start out slowly. Um, but I think everyone should have those in their regimen, including the fellas, because retinoids, again, also help with the inborn hairs and things like that. Oh, yeah, which is a huge issue for us. As it, helps to shrink. <laughs> yeah, it helps with shrinking the pores because we have large pores. Often the large pores are because we're oily. But all of those things will help to balance. If you have oily skin, if you have combination skin, and if you have dry skin, using those things in the right way will help you um, balance your skin and help you get, um, you know, get the optimum results that you want. Um, and again, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate is really important for those of us that are, um, well, all of us now in quarantine um, to really moisturize the skin. You know, some of us, are, we still have heat going, so we're gonna, the, the heat is going to dry us out. Um, open those windows, get that oxygen in flowing um, in, that, in the house. And then, of course, let's not forget, we've just been, I've just been talking about topical things, and stop me if you need, but you also want to respond the inside out, which is my whole premise, right? So there's, so there's no excuse now you're in the house to not be able to prepare yourself healthy meals. So green leafy vegetables, 
are great for the skin. Organic is preferable. Okay. You want to use your um, base of carotene. So you want to do your carrots. If you don't like to eat it, you can blend it. You've got a bunch of time now. You want to right. drink lots of water. This is all from the out, from the inside out. Now, I mean, we talk about from the outside in, we want to do from the inside out. Right, because I find it interesting how we want all of these very like topical solutions, but we don't consider how much trash we're eating. And Listen, I'm going to give you the story. The patient, Dr. Sandy, I'm coming to you because I heard you use all natural product. You're natural product. I don't want any products that's not natural. Oh, really? Oh, you don't say, really? So you eat organic? No. Okay, you ate Popeye's the other day? Yeah. So how is it that you are so adamant that you only want organic products on your face, but you eat everything? Right. It's like contradictory. So, right. so it, it's, I'm like, listen, let's just start. Let's start here. Like you might, <laughs> listen, we've got to do balance here. And also the belief that something that's all natural is the only way to go. Whatever that means is very, is, is something that I want to clarify. In complete, combining what we call what we could call natural versus manufactured products is important. But I think to, for people to understand is that when we say not natural, glycolic acid comes from sugar. So most products that people consider not natural, the base is, is nature. The base is a natural source. What the difference is, is that what happens is you have to make things bioavailable. Just because it's natural and you put it on your skin doesn't mean we're talking about chemistry here that is going to penetrate into the skin. So often things are designed such that, that you can optimize its penetration to the skin and the body, the body's uses. Science is not our enemy. Science can be used to optimize what nature has given us. Ugh. Stitch that and put it on a pillow, put it on a mug, put it on a t-shirt. I wish people would get that through their heads, especially right now where it's like, I'm sorry, but you have to follow the science. Like God is amazing. We all love him, but he also gave us science and God ain't told you to be stupid. And I just really want people to understand. But, but, but here's the thing. This is the thing. This is the misconception. If we were able, we have been able to utilize an up, we have not been guided to the understanding of science for no reason. Right. Right. Science is a gift that's given to us to allow us to manifest and develop and create optimum things for the universe. Now, maybe people have used it for bad things, but the reality is science is our tool. If science, if we have been, been, been given eyes, we've been eyes so we can see, right? If we've been given the mind to understand science, we've been given the mind to understand science so we can use it for good. You know, it's like people that say, oh, but it's vain to care about how you look and to care about appearances and beauty is vanity and it's evil. So why were we given eyes to be able to see things, to see beauty in things? Ah, such a good point, Dr. Sandy. So I know we only have a couple of minutes left. Thank you for sliding in that small um, sermon because people needed to hear that, especially right now. So tell the people, number one, about your skincare line and where they can find it and also um, how to reach out to you. Oh, oh really? Okay. So, um, this skincare line is called Polished Holistic Skincare, which really goes back to the same thing. Polished being meaning that there's nothing wrong with us. We are whole and complete. Nothing wrong with us where we are. We're just polishing it up. And um, holistic meaning taking the holistic approach. Um, you can get it on my website right now on Polished um, Holistic Skincare or go to drnatashasandy.com. And then um, you can find me on Instagram as Dr. Natasha Sandy. 
Twitter, Dr. Natasha Sandy. Um, you can go to my website, Dr. Natasha Sandy, to reach out to me. We're actually offering virtual appointments. We always did, but this, but now it's just ramped up. So there's virtual opportunities and appointments to speak to, to schedule appointments with me and people that work with me. Also, um, you can get consults. We have, we're having some skin experts that you guys can get some information on um, my site about products on my products and more. I think it's important for me. I don't want a patient, a point patients purely, and my patients that come see me will see this. I will give you recommendations of things over the counter. I will include things that are my products, things that are prescriptions, because I think one size does not fit all. I definitely want people to be able to sustain their skincare regimen. And I want people to know that um, I'm going to recommend anything that's good. It's not just about like what I have. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I have these skin issues. I have eczema, ex- acne, and I love skin products. So if you love skin products, you're going to recommend everything. You know, you're going to find what's good, what's not good. Um, some people spend fifty dollars on a on a on a product that they get from Nordstrom. That I'm like, listen, it's not worth it. You could you take that take twenty five of that and invest it in a cosmeceutical, which is what I have, which are products that, and a lot of doctors have, a lot of products are called cosmeceuticals, like Dermalogica, things like that. Things that are cosmetic and suitical, meaning science proven, right? That they can yeah. guarantee you've given those products. And then, or, 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 or invest some of it in a prescription, right? Which is pharmaceutical, which is purely science. Do you understand? So you need a combination of natural, um, over-the-counter, cosmeceutical, and uh Cytosutical prescription products, um, and those things are going to give you the best. And I think that's really for everything: for your diet, for your nutrient, for your health, for your skin. You need to combine everything. It's it's all nice talking about you want natural products for your for your skin, but you're eating a bunch of crap. You're not using organic products. You're saying you use eat vegetables, but they're all frozen. Um, okay, every every you've got rid of the fiber, you've got rid of the benefits of the enzymes of the active um, good bacteria for the skin the good bacteria for your, for your, for your abdomen and for your skin. So you have to combine all of those. And I think that's the important thing is to have good balance. Utilize this time to optimize your skincare regimen, but in doing so, you're going to optimize your, your lifestyle because good skincare regimen is topical. It's eating healthy. You want to take good vitamins. Guess what? I prescribe something to my patients that has, it's called Nicosone. It's a vitamin that has turmeric, cumin, zinc, B12, folic acid. Guess what everyone's being told to use to fight um, against and protect themselves against the coronavirus? Zinc, turmeric, cumin. Those things my all of my patients are already taking. And so, I mean, that like that description so people can look for those things too. What did you say? I'll be sure to put that in the episode description so that people can have access to that as right. well. Right. But again, you can just get, you can get to merit, you can get to merit, you can get cumin, you can get B12, get folic acid. So those things you should be taking anyway. So if you realize everyone, what people are being told, right, to take for protection and immunity protection or increased immunity against the coronavirus is what you guys should have been taking all along. And guess what? Those things are great for your skin. So uh, there we go. Full circle back to the holistic, yeah, the holistic approach. So thank you so much, Dr. Sandy. I super appreciate it. And I could talk to you forever. 
Yeah, I could keep talking to you. So it was great talking to you guys. Everyone, I just say, you know, listen, sometimes sometimes humanity is called to just reset, right? And for me, while, the, while unfortunately, and through work that we could have done to prevent this, many lives are being lost. Take this opportunity to reset. Take this opportunity to reset your health. And if you, really, if you start at one point place, it resonates in other areas of your life. So just use this time to um, polish yourself from the inside out, which is my motto. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Sandy. Thank you for having me. Of course. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye.